0: Welcome to the BraveTestimony.com podcast. Uh, My name is Graham Morris. If you've tuned in here, I will be surprised because this is episode three of the podcast. Uh, Last few podcasts we did by video. I'm going to attempt to do this entirely by audio. So let's go. Today we're going to talk specifically about being children of light. What does that mean? When Paul talks about being children of light, what could that possibly mean? What is light? And why do we care about that? If we have a porn problem or if we have a sex problem or we have a relationship problem or whatever the case might be, whatever you're struggling with, why does it matter that Paul says, let's live as children of light? Well, for that to make sense, let's move towards John 1 verse 4. It says, in him was life, comma, and the life was the light, capital L, of men. That means it's a proper noun. And a title for somebody or something. We need to pay attention to what that could mean. So if you look at it in sort of the Greek, you'll find that it says phos. This is where we get the word phosphorescence from or or phosphorus. And it it literally is the the proper term for lowercase L. But when it's an uppercase, it's talking about a capital L, uppercase L, the manifestation of God's self-existent life. The divine illumination to reveal and impart life through Christ. Well, that's a mouthful. So let's see if we understand what that really means. So if we say that the life was in Christ himself, so, you know, you remember one John, uh, uh, so John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is in the beginning. He was in the beginning with God, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Then we get verse four, so what we're saying here is and this is sort of one of those things where you know the writer is addressing sort of the gnostic mindset that's in the air that God and the Word and their pantheon of 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 gods' is up in the air, and you know he, he's trying to to show them that. God is a trinity, that there's a full body of God up there, not just a single God that rules over all the gods and that there's one higher than everybody else. He's trying to show that all these gods are at the same, they're the same person, same being. So he says, in the beginning was the Word, capital W. We know this to be the Word of God, the Word of life being Jesus, right? And the Word was with God. So Jesus was with God. We can see a picture of Jesus with God. And the word was God. Oh, wait a minute. Now the Greeks are going, oh, what are you saying? You're freaking me out. All the Gnostics are going, oh, I don't understand what's happening. And he says, he was in the beginning with God. So Jesus was with God. And it says, all things came into being through him. So we know that, that Jesus was, was at the beginning of the foundation of the earth, at the beginning of creation, and that by him, all things were created. That's what this is literally saying. So then what are we talking about? How did, how did he do that? And so we see further in verse four in him. So we're talking about Jesus. So, so God is, you know, is Jesus inside of him from the very beginning, the very active word of God, the, 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 the word to perform God's function is Jesus. In the beginning, that word was with God and God created everything through Jesus or Jesus created everything uh, as God. But then it says, in him, in Jesus, was life. So wherever Jesus went, life came out of him. And that life was the light, capital L, of man. So that behooves us to wonder, who is light? If God is God, word is Jesus, light must be the Holy Spirit. The light shines in the darkness. And here's the scripture in verse 5 that really makes a difference. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it or comprehend it. so let's see if we can break that down a little bit. This light is the self-existent life, the life that isn't begotten by any man or 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 it's not created it's it existed before time it'll exist past time, it's outside of time, so it doesn't require anything to exist so. This life that we're talking about, this life that is the light, capital L of men, the Spirit of God, is the self-existent life of God. It's, it's, it's the direct illumination. So that's two parts. One part is the light is the life of God. And the other part is it's the opening up of what is unseen to what is seen, which in order to impart life. So if we read that scripture again... With that in mind, we can read: In him was the self-existent life. In him was was life and vitality and the revelation of the goodness of God. That's what was inside of Jesus. And this revelation of the goodness of God was the spirit for men, or to men, or with men. Capital light. It was the revelation to men of their need for a Savior. So inside of God was Jesus to perform God's will. Inside of Jesus was the life to open up our eyes so we could see what we didn't see before. This is why it's very important that we understand what the word light literally means. So in Ephesians 5, Paul talks about this a little bit. He's saying, For you were once, say once, in darkness, but now you are light. Lowercase light in the world walk therefore as children of light in the fruit of light consists of all goodness righteousness and truth test and prove What the will of God is what 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 pleases the Lord and we know that you can't please the Lord without obeying his commands That's the whole thing. You can't please the Lord without faith You can't please the, the Lord or you can't please God without moving your life forward and extending your risk factor towards what God is asking you to do. For you were once in darkness. You are no longer in darkness. You've come into the light. You have, you've become aware of your own sin and your own depravity and how you need a Savior. This is what salvation is all about. So you were once in darkness. Now you're in light. So now you need to walk as a child of light. And then it says in verse 11, Have no fellowship with the, say it, fruitless deeds of darkness. Fruitless. For you... The deeds of darkness no longer cause you to die and to, to be without God's presence. So your fruitless deeds of darkness means you will not be, no matter how dark you behave, you will not be pulled away from Christ. You will not be uh, stripped away from the presence of God. So the former darkness, the folks that were in darkness before, they specifically, the the, the before Jesus showed up, there was a... You know, if you've read your Old Testament, you'll know that it was was difficult for people to stay in the light. It was difficult for people to understand what God had done for them and their need for a Savior. And so, constantly God is creating opportunity and access and resources for relationship. and, And they reject relationship because they don't understand, they can't see their need for God. And Jesus comes along and Jesus is the action of God showing up in their midst. And he confronts this idea that you can be separated from God and be okay. And so he pulls them in, he pulls them in, pulls them in through miracles, signs and wonders. And the good news, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And the way that he demonstrates that is with life. He pours life wherever he goes. So much so that they squeeze the life out of him and he produced more life. So it says, have no fellowship in the fruitless deeds of darkness. They're fruitless for you but rather expose them. Go look. Why? They expose them means, what does that look like? And so we'll get into that. For it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do with secret. But the disobedient do in secret. What that's talking about specifically there, this is a sort of a root of gossip, by the way. Uh, the word shameful there literally means you are counting them unworthy. You're, you're stripping away their value. And so when you speak about what people do in darkness what they do in their own time. It's, it's, you know, what the disobedient do in darkness. This, when you talk about their disobedience, you're actually creating in the culture, low value for them. You're actually shaming them and bringing them low. Instead, it, what we should do is come to them with the Holy Spirit. And this is the verse 13. Expose everything to the light. Why? Because if you expose it to the light of God, it becomes visible. Oh, that's obvious. I mean, if you turn the light switch on, you know that when you turn the light switch on, when the light comes into the room, darkness leaves. So, if you're believing a lie or your or your world is is full of uh, deeds of darkness, there's probably some darkness in you that you're trying to expel. Um, you know, it's hard to get into this without getting into all the details, but I'll I'll do it in just a second. Everything that is it has a light shine upon, shone, shone upon it in verse 13, becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated, remember we talked about this, capital L, is the illumination of the goodness of God. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light itself. Whoa! What does that even mean? So, this is a very simple thing. You can read about it in Isaiah, Isaiah 60, because... Ephesians 5, Paul references Isaiah 60, verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, not arise, reflect. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. That scripture literally means exactly what what Paul is saying. Get up. Stop sitting down. Get up. Stand up and look at what you're doing. Look at your actions. Are they based on your darkness or are they based on your light? Are they based on your previous behavior as a child of darkness or at your previous belief system as a child of darkness? Or are they based on your new belief system, which is that you're a child of light? Stand in the light. Let the light shine in your darkness. Let it look at the reasons why you act badly. And when you do that, what's going to happen is you're going to become a light to the people around you. And your reputation and your renown is going to extend way beyond you, and you're going to destroy darkness in your environment. In fact, people will come into your environment, and you will have discussions with them, and you'll ask them really, really, really important questions, and your light will destroy the darkness inside of them. This is literally what it means. The glory of the Lord, the goodness of God, the reputation of God is going to rise upon you when you shine out, and you shine the light that God has given you. Okay, so it's a crazy, crazy idea that you have to overcome darkness itself. Now, I've, I've talked about this before and I'll talk about it again, but darkness is kind of like the unknown. If you think about you know, what you know, what you don't know, uh, what's revealed to you by the light, what's not revealed to you by the light, think about it in that terms. You can kind of see how the darkness and the unknown or the wilderness, as is spoken about Jordan Peterson and, and the hero's monomyth, the stuff that's out there that you don't know that you're afraid of, that's nature. Nature itself is trying to kill you. It's trying to overcome you. There's entropy. There's there's the constant decay of life. And so you, you don't have to look around and it's very long to realize that, you know, we're, we're getting older, or things are falling apart, you know, we can look at all that, we can say... We look at different things that are happening around the world, and we can say, yeah, if you leave things to their own demise, they come to demise. They, they fall apart. They decay. It's crazy to try to overcome nature itself. And if like it's, it's, a, it's a miracle if you can get up every morning and get a job and make a way for yourself in this world. That's, that is an amazing thing, by the way. So nobody should just scoff at that for a minute. However, or shall I say, and... What's even more more amazing, what's even more supernatural is to partner with the Holy Spirit and overcome one's own personal darkness, our own uh, propensity to destroy our own lives and the lives around us. That is sublime. If you can find a way to to dig deep on the inside and, and, and really let the Holy Spirit illuminate to you why things keep failing for you? Why you keep doing nosedives into chaos in your life? And then you actually can look at it and you can compare that to what Christ has paid for in your life. And then you make conscious choices to walk away from darkness. When you can do that and you can be successful at that, I mean, that's the meaning of everything we're doing with this. It's, it's not about masturbation. It's not about porn. It's not about sex. It's, 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 you literally cannot out-masturbate the love of God for you. You can't, you can't out-sin the love of God for you. In fact, Paul talks about this. You can sin, and it seems that Christ's love abounds even more. So does that mean we go on Sunday? No, of course not. It means that we, God's love is so incredibly big and so encompassing um, that it's something to live for, not to run away from. And we've kind of created this culture where, you know, our sin is in is shaming, which, you know, Paul's talking about in there. We kind of hide our sin and then people gossip about each other's sin and they judge each other's sin instead of opening ourselves up and talking about our sin and saying, man, I'm really struggling with this thing. And why do we open it up? So that it can be exposed to the truth. Someone can say, well, have you thought about this? Have you? That doesn't really sound like Jesus. And you can look and go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can't. I can't really put my finger on it, but for some reason, and then you start to find lies. And and when you start to destroy the lies or the lofty thoughts, you really are renewing the mind. And this is how we change. We don't change without doing something different. And this difference I'm talking about is not perpetuating the constant, medicating the pain and destroying the opportunity for the light to do its work. So simply put, Let's go back to that scripture in uh, Ephesians 5. So Ephesians 5 is making it very, very simple. Look, stop keeping things hidden. Shame grows in silence. Stop being afraid. Create a culture where you're not afraid to talk about your stuff. Because the more you can expose it and talk about it and, and make actions about it, the more you can actually get free. You need a culture that isn't afraid of failure, that doesn't look at life as failure but looks at it as an opportunity to get better so now we can openly talk about it and go, oh yeah i was having a really bad day the other day we can have a look at it so it's just okay look you were once in darkness you're now a light in the you now are a light in the world that means you're actually a, a shining light in the world therefore you should walk as light walk as children of light and then it talks about what that looks like you know lights in your life if it consists of all goodness righteousness and truth right and so if if you're not sure, if you're in the light or in the darkness, if you're having a salvation dilemma, it'll start to manifest in your life. All goodness and righteousness is going to start to come out of you if you are filled with the light. Because you'll start to notice things that aren't really working out that well for you. They're not really producing light around you. And you'll begin to get convicted by those things. And so whatever produces goodness, righteousness, and truth, this is what it means to live As children of the light, you have fruit of light that comes out of you. So don't participate with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Don't participate with the actions that are going to lead you to more darkness. They they, they literally are fruitless for you. They're not going to separate you from Christ. They're not going to put you in the doghouse. You're not going to lose your favor with God. But, But it will be fruitless for you. And you do not want to go through this life without the fruit of light. At least, if not for coping in this world, but when you get to the end, you don't want to get across the line and have our Savior, the, the Father of the world, the Holy Spirit said to you, uh, Well done, you good and fruitless servant. No, you want Him to say, Well then you good and fruitful servant. That you're, you couldn't, no, not fruitful. Ah, there's the check. You want him to say, Well done, you good and faithful servant. That you're faithful to do. And to live out the life that he gave you. And if you are faithful, it'll show up in the fruit that you live. And we can, we'll talk about that at another point. But you want to get across the line, being as faithful as you can with your two loaves and three fishes. Or two fishes and three loaves. You know how the story goes. So, do not fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather expose them. You don't want to be fruitless. You want to be full of fruit. Stop gossiping and keeping people quiet in their shame. and like Stop talking about people's stuff that they do in darkness. Start talking about your stuff. Create a culture where you can expose your own stuff and have a discussion about it with people that love you. Because everything that you expose to the light, to the real light, not people's opinions, but the light of God becomes visible. You didn't know what you didn't know until you know. You can't see what you can't see until you see. And when you see you will suddenly realize, oh, I actually needed God in this case. Remember the word capital light, capital L means to illuminate, divine illumination to reveal and impart life. So you're exposing it to the divine illumination to reveal and impart life. For everything that is illuminated becomes a testimony of Jesus. This is really important, and I can't stress this enough. And so I want to encourage you, if you're having struggles with anything, it doesn't matter what it is, and you're getting stuck, uh, there's going to be a little voice in your head that says, don't tell anybody, it's embarrassing, it's shaming. If they find out, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Find some good friends, come around them, and have a discussion in light of what God has done for you. Invite the Holy Spirit to your conversation. Say, come, Holy Spirit, even now, actually, you know, take this thing that you're you're talking about and, and, and put it before the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, come and show me why I keep the same cycles of addiction or the same cycles of struggle. Show me where things are falling apart for me. I really, really want to get rid of this thing once and for all. Let the Holy Spirit shine on you right now and give you an idea of what it is that could be tripping you up every single time. Talk about it with your friends that you can trust. Let them ask you really powerful questions. Questions that are not yes or no answers, but questions that will make you think and make you perceive what's going on on the inside. Let the Holy Spirit use your good friends. And then when you've done that, and you've looked at it, compare it to the life of Christ, the life that He's paid for, and begin to sort of shape your life so it can produce goodness, righteousness, and truth. All right, cheers.